Hey, let's talk about the singing cowboy Gene Autry and ask this question. Was he a great angel owner? And how much will the angels actually sell for? Plus, how fast can this sale actually go through? All those questions and more will be answered. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Would you give us a rate and a review? It actually helps people to find the pod. And we need each other in the dog days of September. And you can give us a rate or review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thanks to those that have. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can subscribe and click the bell to be notified every time a brand new episode drops. We are so glad you decided to join us for this edition of Locked On Angels, where it's your team Every day, you've got the Frisch Brothers, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother, John. Lifelong fans of this team, and we're going to get into the history of the Angels just a little bit because you and I are going to talk about the singing cowboy, Gene Autry, and with all the ownership talk around the Angels, we wanted to ask the question, Mike, is Gene Autry remembered as a great owner so let's dive into some of the history we have here and then we'll decide was he a great owner we'll take a vote at the end (laughs) there you go does that have to be consensus or can we like can we just vote against each other (laughs) okay Uh, so johnny 1960 autry actually he wanted the radio broadcast rights to the angels team and baseball execs, execs were so impressed with him that that they convinced him that he should be an owner. <laughs> and so, yeah, like, how about that, hey, bro? Come up with some money, and we'll just we'll just have you buy this team. So, right, they actually debuted. The Angels did in 1961. Gene Autry is the owner, and they went 70 and 91. And unfortunately, we've gotten used to that sort of record we know how over that the last feels. couple years yeah <laughs> uh but it was here's a good note it was the best winning percentage for a first year expansion team at the time oh, interesting yeah and the angels led the american league in 1962 until july 4th but then they they ended up finishing third that year and autry actually looked at buying a a, a, a plot in Long Beach for relocation mm-hmm. in 1965, but we were doing the Long Beach thing back then too. <laughs> there were, we're, we've been flirting with Long Beach for almost 60 years, right? Yeah. And so, uh, but actually, Long Beach wanted the Angels to be called the Long Beach Angels, and of course, huh. if we're going to be in a city, you want to be called that city, right? And then Artie took over and said, "We're the Los Angeles Angels." Yeah. So. so Angels ended up moving to Anaheim, and and then Gene said, I want to call the team the California Angels, and mm-hmm. wanted them to represent the entire state. And so that's some history and how the Angels got started. Johnny, there's also some really great players in Angel history that played when Gene Autry first bought this team and the years following. Why don't you talk about them? Yeah, because they were an expansion team, they were able to make use of the expansion draft and oftentimes that's how you see these teams get off to a hot start was it the uh the diamondbacks who won the world series in 2001 not long after expanding right because they were able to draft from other draft pools from the other teams and so that actually led to a lot of early success but think about some of these names mike you had clyde wright as an early star Jim Fergosi was selected in that expansion draft. Hall of uh, Famer. Bobby, Bobby Knopp was a Rule 5 selection 
from the Milwaukee Braves. I almost said Brewers. Yeah. (laughs) And then they did this. They traded for Nolan Ryan in 72 when he was with the Mets and he was a middle reliever. I heard he was good. (laughs) Fergosi was part of that. Yeah. Isn't that interesting how, you know, they found somebody and made a great use out of him and he becomes one of the greatest, if not the greatest pitcher of all time. Yeah, you know, Johnny, than- we, have a, we have a mutual friend, uh, Gil, who says yeah. that the worst decision the Angels ever made was trading Nolan Ryan away <laughs> because mm. he said he was alive during that time when Nolan was on the Angels, and he said the guy was incredible. And if you wanted to make I a bet. comparison, watching Shohei for us, Gil says watching Nolan Ryan – is like watching Shohei for us because he oh, was just—he was just that good. Absolutely. Uh, Seventy-nine. The Angels reach the ALCS for the first time with guys like Bobby Gritch and Rod Carew. Mike, they're—they're they're picking guys out of drafts like Wally Joyner and Chuck yep. Finley and Tim yep. Salmon. And so the thing about Gene Autry t- this, that this shows me, yes, I know they only made it three times to the postseason. They got to the ALCS each time. Uh, but but they're drafting super well. They're they're developing well. But by the time his poor health starts to happen, and kind of the in his nineties, in the nineties, uh, his wife Jackie's kind of making decisions. Disney's kind of making decisions. But from nineteen sixty one to ninety five, they got to the ALCS three times. Yeah. And I know that's not a lot of success over that time. But you think about the players, and you think about who has come through this team and and uh, the hollowed halls of Angel Stadium. And really the success kind of started for the Halos, the, that early 2000 success is when Tony Tavares is hired by Disney and he hires Bill Stoneman Good as move. the GM in yep. 99. And that seems to have brought in a lot of success for Artie's early years. So to me, I think Gene Autry was a good owner because you see him doing the things that uh, we haven't seen in the last 10 years. That's letting his baseball guys make baseball decisions, letting the scouts draft and develop and find good players. And even though we didn't have a, a World Series over his tenure, I still think that the the more the owner keeps his nose out of baseball operations, unless he really loves baseball and is dedicated to it, he let his guys make decisions. And I know things got a little hairy as he got older and wasn't in great health and everything in fact they even tried to say that the uh the curse of the cowboy in the 90s do you mm. remember that i and, do remember that and, yep. and people are kind of people have rejected that idea because it's like no stupid, not, <laughs> stupid. yeah it's not the same yeah. so all that to say look i know already had a lot of success in the early 2000s and then we also won the al west in 2014 but i think a lot of that speaks to how well bill stoneman did when he became the gm in 99 again during those Disney years. But even before that, with all of the players that I mentioned earlier that have come through the Angels and then trading for the right people and getting Rod Carew and Nolan Ryan, I just think that he made for a a great owner. And I love how dedicated he was to the area. There was a lot of people who wanted the Angels to move. There were a lot of people that wanted them to change from Los Angeles Angels because they were here. They were in Los Angeles. And, And a big part of not going to Long Beach was that they were wanting to be the Long Beach Angels and change the name from Los Angeles. And so it made sense to do California in Anaheim. So uh, to me, I think Autry, I think was a great owner. And I think he left a great legacy and a great example for what ownership could look like 
next time we have a new owner. I think he's a great owner as well, and all of those points are well taken. I think the thing that really sells me, though, is that Gene Autry was a fan, and he was Mm -hmm. rooting for this team. And even his wife, Jackie, she was a fan. I remember during the 0-2 run, they brought her back in, and she was at every game, and you could see her so pumped and so excited. And that's the thing that I think really helps the Dodgers win, is those Mm -hmm. guys are fans of the team. They're invested. And and Cohen out in New York with the Mets, he's invested. He's a fan of the team. He's on podcasts, and he's on shows, right? And Gene Autry was like the, the epitome of that. Plus, people knew him, and he was singing cowboy. He was so beloved. And so that's why I think he was a really great owner. And he did set the table for a really successful team and he tried his best to get mm-hmm. to the World Series and you can see that like gosh after 18 years after their existence they finally made it to the postseason and made it to the ALCS yeah. right like that's a great track record and now you're seeing that sped up and I think that Gene Autry really helped set the standard there I agree and and it really shows that the 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 ability to get good players and and draft well, like that's the core of any good team. And so right. you, you remember all these names from over the years and, and they're angel players that came up through our system and made an, a lasting impact on the angels forever. Well, coming up on Locked On Angels, how much time will the, the sale of the Angels actually take? That's a really great question. We've got some answers, but first, Locked On Angels is brought to you by Built Bar. Have you tried the new cookie dough chunk puff yet? They are delicious. They are light, and they have a chewy texture with real cookie dough chunks right on top, covered in 100% chocolate. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, plus it's healthy for you. Each puff is only 160 calories. They have a whopping 16 grams of protein in them. They're going to fill you up. Go to built.com, grab a box for you and for the family today. It's the perfect treat. Or if you can find a really great hiding spot, you can hoard them all to yourself. That's speaking directly to me there. All built bars and puffs are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently. It's good for you, provides a ton of health benefits. You can eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love this new puff, this cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for after a workout or a late night treat, or just want to grab a quick bite, this puff that Built has made is, is so good and it's perfect for you. Tastes really great. And then you can ditch the candy bar. You can ditch the calories, the fat, and the sugar and grab yourself a Built bar. So go to Built.com right now. Use our promo code LOCKEDON15. You'll get 15% off your order thanks to the boys at Locked On Angels. Again, go to Built.com. Use the promo code Locked on 15 and get the cookie dough chunk puff today. We want to thank you for making Locked on Angels your first listen of the day. Mike, there's a lot of questions around the sale of this team, and you and I want to cover two of the big ones today, starting with... How much are the Angels going to sell for? How much are they going to the cost yep. the next owner? Uh, Forbes estimates that the Angels' value is about $2.2 billion. The Ooh. purchase price could be whatever the buyer is willing to pay. Look, they estimated the Dodgers at $800 million when McCourt was uh, selling them, and that was 10 years ago. Uh, Mark Walter and company won the auction at $2.15 billion. That's... <laughs> <laughs> more than a billion over the asking price, yeah. which is crazy, which is uh, I could easily see happening with this team. Yeah. Uh, the record sale for a team is, of course, 
$2.4 billion paid by Steve Cohen to buy the New York Mets in 2020. He was already part of the ownership group, and he got the majority share. But now here's the key. The scarcity of sports teams, especially in major markets like Los Angeles and Southern California, one of only two teams in the L.A. market that's in baseball, Yeah, that actually kind of bumps up the price a little bit. It and does. then, of course, you can you can get the team and the stadium if you get that from Anaheim, and you can uh, build around Angel Stadium and get yourself like a, a Petco Park kind of experience. Which I don't is know a whole lot of fun. Yeah. yeah, it's super fun because you're right there in Gaslamp, and there's so many things to do around there. So that would also seem to factor into the final sale of this team. And that would actually, if, if you consider all of that, we could probably see the price of this team go way above $2.4 billion, considering they're already at 2.2, and that would be a new MLB record. Right, right. I've heard $3 billion from some estimates from some people. That seems reasonable. Yeah, you know, and so if that means that if the Angels are $3 billion, can you imagine what, like, the Yankees or the Dodgers would cost if they ever mm-hmm. sold? I mean, these, these teams are just making a ton of money, and they're so profitable. And you got to think about the money to be made – down the road, I mean, already took this team from 183, 184 million yeah, to yeah. 2.2 billion. Like, you could double the cost, maybe even triple the price of this team uh, in the next 20 or 30 years if you're that next owner and you know how to market well. Yeah. And uh, perhaps if you get them more World Series wins, uh, we might see some of that too. Profit so, goes up. Uh, yeah. The, the profit goes, goes up. up. Yeah. So you really have to think about the money to be made if you're going to be an owner interested in this team. Yeah. So a couple takeaways. First of all, a great investment is in Major League Baseball teams. So uh, if you'd like to donate to the uh, Locked On Angels Super Halo Brothers <laughs> Fund, uh, we'd be happy to do that. But Don't- Mike, I thought all the owners were poor. I thought they weren't making it. I thought it was <laughs> yes. hard to run a team, yeah. according to Rob Manfred. Listen, uh, grief. isn't that crazy? That's crazy that that's the conversation that's out there when they when these prices come out. It's <laughs> it's unreal that they're even using the word poor in the same sentence I can't afford as MLB my owner. Fourth Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Johnny, in my real life, you know that I'm a pastor. Some listeners know that I'm a pastor. So when the angels were announced as they were going to be put up for sale, uh, one of the people that attend our church came up to me and said, hey, man, now's your chance. And I said, I'm going to need some money. And he goes, I'd throw in 10 bucks. And so his name's Dean. So Dean, thanks for your $10. All right, Dean. We're almost we there. We're almost there. So here's a couple of takeaways. First of all, uh, the angel org in the last really 10 years hasn't been very successful on the field Hmm. but as you can see and Johnny pointed it out they are attractive off of the field because Mm -hmm. of where they're at and and the possibility of what could be in Anaheim with the stadium and and honestly if this team wins next year all of what we've talked about in the last few years will be easily washed away because isn't it mm. true in sports? What have you done for me lately? That's yeah, what no actually kidding. wins over people. And so that's the first takeaway. Second takeaway is there is so much that can happen in Anaheim. And so I honestly am convinced that the new owners will not move this team simply because yeah. there is just way too much opportunity in Anaheim to do some really great things there. Mm -hmm. And number three, raising the value of the area will actually allow for the owner to put a great product 
on the field. And so think yeah. revenue streams. I mean, Otani himself, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but he's he's a $20 million guy because that's how much resource is coming in. And it's probably, it's probably going to double over the next year or two just because of all the eyes that are on the product. And if he does end up winning the Cy Young or the MVP or both, I mean, more eyes are going to be on the product for the mm-hmm. Angels specifically. And so there's going to be a lot of revenue that comes in. And then the last thing, Johnny, a, a good takeaway is Angel fans are committed to this team. And we have yeah. shown that year over year. Those of you that were Gene Autry fans and you watched the team and have been watching a lot longer than Johnny and I, to those fans that are brand new, like we we are committed to this team because we love Trout, we love Otani, we love our young guys, and we're not going anywhere. We might say some mm-hmm. things out of the frustrations that are deep within our souls, but we we really love this team and we are fans no matter what. I remember our buddy Andrew, who was on the show not too long ago, tweeted out during the losing streak, okay, who's still here, right? Because we wanted to find <laughs> out what Angel fans are still with us. And so I think that the, the valuation of the Angels is probably going to be, they're, they're going to get purchased maybe at like 2.5, maybe $3 billion. But there is so much benefit to somebody buying this team and developing in Anaheim that I think that we're going to see a great product, not just off the field, but on the field with whoever the new owner might be. Yeah, and somebody uh, brought up a good question about who, the ownership group might be and they mentioned uh, i believe it was a voicemail esteban out of arizona asked about the anaheim ducks owners yeah. uh, being part of that as well because they've had such a great connection with the angels and and previously you know disney had a a, a stake in in the ducks too so right. uh, there's a connection there as well so that would be an interesting option but man i'm, I'm thinking about these numbers again dodgers at 800 million in 2012 Almost, they sold for almost three times as much. If you think about two point one five billion, unreal. Gosh, I think this honestly, Mike. I think this price could go up over three. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. even though, again, it's it's not attractive in the sense that the Angels have not been winning. But I keep saying it: the money you would leave on the table for the future if you don't buy this team now is just unfathomable. I honestly think that this could be a huge franchise of the future. And if the right guy comes along, a, a, a group or whoever it may be that wants to put winning product on the field, you can only see that price tag go up, especially when you're ready to uh, get your return on the investment and sell or or uh, even just have the constant revenue of this team. Like you're going to make money hand over fist the way Artie Marino has been doing with a losing team. So really there's a lot of opportunity here uh, for our halos. Let's transition over to another question. How fast can this happen? What is the realistic timeline? I know that you and I as fans would like to see it happen next month, but (laughs) obviously that's not going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, real fast. Uh, But, uh, you know, our hope would be by opening day at least of next year or soon after. Honestly, I wish it could be the off season because we want to be able to make the moves that we want to make under new ownership. But 
I, I just don't think it's a realistic timeline. But what are your thoughts on the timeline? Do we have some history that kind of shows how long it might take? What do you think? Well, history can give us sort of an indication as to how fast this could move. So when the Angels were mm-hmm. sold to Artie, uh, Disney hired an investment banker. And actually, John, it's the same one that Artie's using right now. And so yeah. he, th- this guy knows. Like, he knows the finances. He knows what they want to do. And Artie actually started the whole process in September of 2002. The sale hmm. of the Angels was finalized in May of 03, John. Okay. So that's quick, okay. right? And here's the good news. Artie hmm. was already involved in what they needed to be involved in before the Angels even won the World Series that year. And Mm. so he was already invested. He was already involved. Now, the only drawback is that there wasn't any big moves made in the offseason moving into 2003. But part of the Mm -hmm. reason why they didn't do that was because Bill Stoneman said he wanted these guys to run it back. And he Mm -hmm. wanted these guys to try to do it again. Well, obviously, 03 didn't end up being a great year for us. We lost Brad Fulmer, the DH. He blew his knee out. And it wasn't the same season. And they really didn't add to the roster in a way that would help them to repeat. And, you know, they're playing a ton of games. The guys were exhausted. And so it wasn't a shock that the Angels didn't finish very high that season. But then 04 came. And what happened in 04? Vladdy Daddy was signed, right? Like, yeah, we were excited about that. So Artie made some moves right off the bat. So I like that small window of September to May. And so there's potential for it to move really quickly. But Johnny, what would complicate this? Well, right now we have the Nationals who are already on the market. They are looking to sell the Nationals owner. Uh, the family that owns the Baltimore Orioles, who's trying to save time, uh, they're in litigation. That Why could lead that to the sale time? of the team. <laughs> ah, you know, got to have a bit. And then the other thing is Major League Baseball controls how much financial information potential buyers can see and yep. when they can see it. And so they have this approval process for multiple buyers, multiple teams for sale. And that could really end up causing a delay here when it comes to the sale of this team. And finally, it's got to be approved by the MLB owners. They all have to have a consensus on it. And uh, that's going to have to be, that's going to be an interesting wrinkle to this whole thing. My only hope is I feel like the wheels began turning before we got this announcement from Artie Marino and his group, obviously. And so perhaps uh, a lot of the legwork that's been done is uh, already in motion. Like you said, the investment banking group that helped with the transition before is helping once more. Mike, I think the biggest thing on all of our minds as Angel fans is what's going to happen in this offseason if the sale happens, if it doesn't happen. Can we go into 2023 with a winning strategy? And can Perry Manassian have the freedom to do his thing come the offseason? I think that the sooner Perry knows who the potential owner might be will actually impact what he does this offseason. I think Mm. he has a strategy in place, and I don't think that that's changing because Mm. if Artie's going to be the owner next year because they haven't found somebody to buy, I'm sure that they've had conversations about what he can spend and what he can't spend. So I don't think that the strategy is going to change. Where I think it could potentially change is if he does know, hey, here's the new owner, and the new owner is like a Steve Cohen, or maybe it's the Golden State Warriors guy or the Rams guy, or maybe that group from Japan, they immediately come in and they're like, spend, bro. Do what you need to do to make this a winning team. <laughs> and your first check. decision needs to be Shohei Otani, right? right? And so I think that 
I hope that we can actually get kind of a sense in the offseason who the new owner could potentially be so that we can actually see Perry flex a little bit and maybe his strategy adjusts. I don't think it changes, but it might adjust to where, hey, the strategy is this. We're going to go with the young guys and we're going to develop and we're going to do that and we'll, we'll kind of fit the pieces together. But if with a new owner and deep pockets, maybe fitting the pieces together is is not going and getting, hey, this guy who's kind of on the tail end like a Matt Duffy, and then instead going, no, we can get Trey Turner, or we can get mm-hmm. Dansby Swanson. We mm-hmm. can get these guys, and we can piece them in, and we can actually try to win in this next season. And so I, I think the strategy's in place. I just think it depends on who's actually communicating with Perry at the time, what sort of bank is communicating with Perry at the time, mm-hmm. if it's Artie's bank or if it's somebody else's bank. But I think they're going to try to win. I think they're going to try to do as much as they can this offseason to surround Shohei with a really great team so that the Angels are competitive in 2023. All right, two more thoughts from me. Number okay. one is, what's to stop Artie Marino from spending like a crazy person and then the next owner foots the bill. Is that yeah. a possibility? Is that something that can happen? I'm sure. He's going to make his money back, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know that that's, that's been suggested, and I'm sure there's probably some that's some grounds thought. around that. But, yeah. I mean, what, what's to stop him from doing that? The second thing I think is this. <laughs> that's good. You're, you're Artie Marino. You're 76 years old. You're selling this team, and it's your last year, possibly, in terms of having a, a full season, you know, if the sale takes a while, I'd want to win. I'd want to go for it, dude. Like this is the time to go for it. You can get and that bad taste out of your mouth, Artie. You can get the you, fans back would on your you. side. Everyone would, would love you, you. Artie. Oh, Artie, Artie, Artie. Artie. Man, <laughs> Perry, communicate this message. I'm talking right to you, Perry. I'm going to look at the camera. I'm go. talking right to you. Uh, tell Artie that if he can help us win the World Series, all is forgiven. And tell him to give you a blank check to do whatever you want this offseason so that we can win. You know what? I'll be happy with the playoffs. I'll be fine with playoffs. Absolutely. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Well, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen every day. Now, go make your second listen, the Ultimate Pro Football Preview Show. It's an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. Local experts from the Locked On Podcast Network, plus Lee Sterling from Locked On Bets, all combining into one Ultimate NFL Preview. So search Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, be sure to give us a follow at Lockdown Angels on Twitter and, of course, at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. We'll have a recap for you of uh, tonight's game, so that way we're all caught up on the Tiger series. But, Mike, what else do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? Uh, Joe Madden's talking again, Johnny. Running Uh-oh. his mouth. Got some interesting <laughs> things to say, so we're going to talk about that. He had some things to say about analytics he actually talked about Perry Manassian, so we'll share all of that tomorrow on Locked on Angels. He put on such a good front while he was here, and now all bets are off. Talky, 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 yeah. Now he's letting letting the expletives fly. That's right. Son of a bang, son of a boom. All right, y'all, we'll see you here tomorrow for more Locked on Angels. Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. And we look forward to you joining us again tomorrow, and we'll see you then. 